Hey, hey, good morning, good evening, and good afternoon. It's your guy, Larry. And you just tuned into another awesome episode of Larry's Bible Cast. How are you guys doing this week? Oh, man, I hope you had a wonderful weekend and, and everything is uh, going well for you. As for me, this is going to be an awesome week. I'm just lo- really looking forward um, as we go throughout this week here. If you're listening to this recording, as of now, um, this is Palm Sunday. It's Palm Sunday. So um, uh, there is so much we can talk about when it comes to Palm Sunday. But I want you um, to journey with me for the rest of this week here as we go through the week of Holy Week, uh, which starts with Palm Sunday. And we're going to be reading through a eight day um, devotional through um, the version Bible app that I like to read through. And it's consider, it's called My Utmost for His Highest. Now, what this My Utmost for His Highest is like one of a great, actually a great devotional um, that I definitely highly recommend. Um, there's so many different um, uh, things that you can read in, in this devotional, but it's very good. Kind of a, a, a time where you can just kind of set aside some time and get right into it. But this version is the Holy Week edition. And uh, how many of you um, really kind of consecrate yourself and set aside your time to to really think about the, the final week of, of Christ, of what Christ has done, right? You know, leading up to Good Friday. Some of us, you know, in church, we celebrate Palm Sunday. Sometimes we, we do something special. Then there's what you call, um, I believe it was either Ash Wednesday or Passover, excuse me, Passover. And then which leads into a Good Friday. And then after Good Friday, we celebrate his resurrection of the resurrection of Christ on what they call Easter Sunday. So listen, this whole week, um, I will be uh, I will be talking a little bit from the his utmost for his highest, the Holy Week edition. And uh, we'll be kind of going through this devotional probably each day. Hopefully each day I'll be able to uh, have something for for those of you that are following me. I appreciate all my listeners and um, just being able to to uh, share and, and subscribe to this podcast. Listen, right now, uh, for those of you that are interested in getting getting your own podcast going, guess what? Anchor now has has been acquired by Spotify. So that means that uh, if you're a Spotify subscriber, you know, you you are now um, part of the Spotify family, which has so many other uh, listeners throughout different genres that will also be able to hear um, your special podcast that you could put together for free. So. Again, I just want to kind of, you know, kind of give you that plug, even though you will hear an additional uh, ad on this on this particular episode. So, again, I just want to encourage some of you that uh, want to uh, be able to spread God's word, perhaps. Hopefully that will be some of your desires is just to be able to spread God's word, such as what I'm doing and just being able to share the love of Christ like I'm doing too as well. We need many voices, not just mine. So I want to I want to, to encourage you to be able to utilize this platform to to also help spread the goodness of the Lord in somebody's life. Amen. So anyways, listen, 
Uh, again, I'll be reading um, from different portions of the Bible as well for this week. And uh, hopefully you guys are prepared um, for this week and just kind of really taking this this time of, of just uh, reflection about things that God has done in your life. Amen. So I hope that your week will go well and uh, be safe out there. There's so many things that are happening in our world today and a lot to pray for. So, again, uh, just want you to consider that. Okay. Well, until then, sit back and relax and enjoy this next awesome episode of Larry's Biblecast. So welcome back. So we're going to get right into the scripture portion of this uh, wonderful, awesome uh, devotional. Hopefully you guys are having a wonderful week. As I said before, Uh, we're going to be going getting into day one of my utmost for his highest considered in the Holy Week edition. So how many of you are have set aside this week for um, just some consecration, consecration and devotion to um, just commemorating the the final week of Jesus Christ um, in his in his um, I guess what thirty four years of ministry or not even thirty four years I should say he is um, his ministry as he comes to this um, I would say ultimate climat- climactic end and. Fulfilling his purpose, fulfilling his purpose on earth, which is basically to to fulfill what God has called him to do and to give his life for for us, for you and for me, for our sins. And so this is one of the one of the most um, I would say the most uh, 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 closest or just something that really should mean a lot to most of us believers, um, especially in our journey with Christ. Uh, Those of you that are born again believers and those of you that have committed your life to the Lord, this is uh, this is a phenomenal week and such is the same way with me. So without further ado, let's get into the devotional part of this. As a matter of fact, actually, uh, we're going to go and get into the scriptural part. Okay. And we're going to start off with um, the book of Luke, chapter 18, verse 31. And then after that, we're going to read the book of Luke, chapter 18, verse 34. So basically, verse 31 and verse 34 of chapter 18 of the book of Luke. So it says here, it says in verse 31 in chapter Luke, chapter 18, taking the 12 disciples aside, Jesus said, listen, we're going up to Jerusalem where all the predictions of the prophets concerning the Son of Man will come true. Verse 34 of chapter 8, chapter 8 of uh, verse 34, it says, But they didn't understand any of this. The significance of his words was hidden from them, and they failed to grasp what he was talking about. Very, very interesting to um, very interesting verses here. Mind you, this is this was before 
the crucifixion. This was before these things. These were certain events that were happening um, before the actual uh, crucifixion of Christ. And remember, to Jesus, everything was was foretold. Everything he knew what was getting ready to happen. His disciples is just, I mean, we, we would be no different following Christ. Understanding this, their position is very interesting because think about it. You and I today, you know, we're in a relationship with, with, with God. You're, you're, you're in a relationship with God. There are times in your life sometimes where you're just not sure where things are going. God understands exactly where things are going. He understands the, the, the next steps. He understands what will happen the next week, the next month, or next year, or set of years before you get to them. And this is how Jesus is also with his disciples. And same thing. The disciples have no, they have no preconceived notion as to where things are going and what will happen. So it's interesting. And this is part of the reason why it's so important for us to rely on the the leading of the Holy Spirit and the leading of God in our lives. Why? Because just think about it. You know, God knows best. He knows where he where things ought to go, where which is which path and what direction is best for you and I. And that's the same thing with with Jesus. Jesus is now at this point in verse 31 taking the 12 disciples aside. Jesus said, "Listen, we're going up to Jerusalem, where all the predictions of the prophets concerning the Son of Man will come true. See, so Jesus already knows this. He already knows this. And um, let's kind of, for a little bit of context here, I guess, let's go ahead and read um, in uh, between those two verses of 31 and 34, just to kind of get a little bit of a background of this. And um, I'm going to go ahead and read to you. It says, Jesus again, and this is entitled, Jesus again predicts his death. Okay. And we just got through reading verse 31. So let's read verse 32. He says, he will be handed over to the Romans and he will be mocked, treated shamefully and spit upon. They will flog him with a whip and kill him on but on the third day, he will rise again. So this is kind of give us a little bit more context other than just kind of the breaking into the two verses here. So as we read in verse 31, it just talks about what Jesus is now telling them that we're going to go up to Jerusalem and where all the predictions of the prophets concerning the son of man will come true. Now, the good, the beautiful thing about this is that Jesus falls right in line with what the prophets of old has said. Remember, Jesus was not around when the Old Testament prophets were speaking of the Son of Man. Everything that the prophets spoke of in the Old Testament, which we're, we can refer back to like Jeremiah, maybe um, Ezekiel, Isaiah, Elijah, you know, those prophets, there are verses in the Old Testament, as you can go back and read some of those, that that got really refer or kind of like predict certain things that will happen the, as a son of man coming, um, the birth of Christ, um, not only just the birth of Christ, but the death of Christ, even details about the about the betrayal of Ju Judas being portrayed by 30 pieces of silver, things like that, um, being the, the crucifixion, the details of him being crucified, things like that, um, him being the son of man, the, the one that's coming from Bethlehem, 
These are all predictions that you can read verses in certain chapters and certain books in the Old Testament that all these prophets, they look forward to the coming of, of Christ. They spoke of the Son of Man coming to earth. Okay, Jesus now is now here. He is now the fulfillment of all that was said and all that was predicted. And now he is now telling his disciples that come, let's go up to Jerusalem where all the predictions of the prophets concerning the Son of Man will come will come true okay and then he goes into detail about what will happen in verse 32 he says he will be handed over to the romans and he will be mocked and treated shamefully and spit upon very very detailed um, descriptions of what will happen during this time. He's, he's speaking of his, of himself, but I believe that the disciples don't really have a clue, even though they're walking with him, they don't have a clue that this will happen to him. He is talking about himself. How many times that we will be walking with the Lord? We're not, we're not sure exactly the details or descriptions of what will happen, even though God is telling us that we're going to go down this path or this will happen in our lives. But we don't really know all the full details concerning the, the things that we will encounter. Amen. So he goes on to say in verse 33, it says in verse 33 of I'm still in Luke chapter 18. It says they will flog him with a whip and kill him. But on the third day, he will rise again. Again, we're talking about not only the mistreatment of the Son of Man, but we're also talking about exactly what will happen. The mocking, the treated, uh, being treated shamefully, spit upon, and then on top of that, he will be flogged with a whip. In other words, he will be whipped and be killed. All these things leading up to the killing of, of Christ. And then after all is done, after his life is now, it will be ended. He will, his, he will raise again, again on the third day. And now it specifically talks about what, what day, not on the first, not on the second, but the third day he will rise again. That means he will not stay dead. He will physically rise again. He will physically die, but he will also physically rise again after what? The third day. Isn't that pretty interesting that that there might be people that might have come back to life after maybe so many hours of death. Maybe they, they flatlined. Maybe their heart stopped for, say, an hour, a couple of hours or so. They're clinically dead. Okay. But in this case, if you notice, Jesus was clinically dead or considered confirmed dead physically for three days. In other words, Look, it's one thing. It's one thing to be to be dead in an hour or two hours of 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 non-existence, but to be dead for three days. Look, that is definitely a miracle. Amen. So let's continue on here in verse thirty-four, which is where we pick up at in the devotional. But they didn't understand any of this. The significance of his words was hidden from them. Isn't that interesting? And they failed to grasp what he was talking about. So 
Get this, two things that stands out in this scripture, but they didn't understand any of this. It was like it was like it went over their head. It was pointless. They didn't know what he was talking about, who he was talking about. Was he talking about himself? Maybe he was just talking to himself. We don't know. But we don't know what was in their heads. We don't know whether they didn't under, they like I said, they didn't understand this, but it was interesting that in this verse it says the word the significance of his words was hidden from them. Now, where could this be? Could this simply mean that God himself had kind of veiled it over them? In other words, they could they couldn't they couldn't grasp it because maybe God didn't open their understanding. Maybe they were they it was like he's like the verses says, it was hidden from them. It says they failed to grasp what he was talking about. That's very interesting. And I think that everything that has that happens and as happening even in this situation has all happened for a reason. Maybe possibly the disciples would have been disturbed. Maybe they would have talked they have would have tried to talk him out of it. Maybe they would have said, you know what, we're here with you, but we're going to protect you from the things that's going to happen. We have to understand that Jesus understood exactly what was going to happen to him, even though it was something that was cruel, even though he will be mocked, uh, shamefully treated, as the scripture said, spit upon, flogged and whipped and ultimately killed. He knew in advance that these things were happening and he was not going to allow anything to come upon him that he didn't that he would not allow okay these were all the things that were done on purpose these were intentional things that would that would bring him closer to fulfilling the will of God ain't that something Jesus was willing to go through all the things that that were in, that he would encounter just for you and for me He's willing to go through the 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 shame the be the being treated shamefully. He's willing to be mocked. He's willing to be spit upon. He's willing to be flogged and whipped and ultimately killed. So understand these things that Jesus by no means was in the dark about what was going to happen. He was willingly going through all this all these things and he knew in advance that he would have to go through these things and not only was he doing it for us but he was also doing it to fulfill what God desired for us for all mankind amen he knew in advance the prophets also knew in advance that these things were going to happen amen so two interesting verses that we that we've encountered here in Luke 18 I hope that you guys are enjoying this so far we're going to continue on uh, with these verses and I mean with the devotional part and we're going to take a quick little break hopefully this is again hope you're enjoying this this is my utmost for his highest the holy week edition and let's uh, take a break and we're going to come right back for the conclusion So welcome back. So we're going to get right back into the devotional portion of this. And it's called Palm Sunday, the the bewilderingly. Be, let's do that again. Palm Sunday, the bewilderingly call of God. I would say bewilderly. 
the bewildering or bewildering. This is a tongue twister. <laughs> call of God. So basically, the call of God. Okay. So let's just call it that. So God called Jesus Christ to what seemed absolute disaster. And Jesus Christ called his disciples to see him put to death, leading everyone to them to the place where their hearts were broken. His life was an absolute failure from every standpoint except God's. But what seemed to be a failure from one from man's point standpoint was a triumphant triumph from God's standpoint because God's purpose is never the same as man's purpose. Very good. The bewildering call, there's that word again, of God comes into our lives as well. The call of God can never be understood absolutely or explained externally. It is a call that can only be perceived and understood internally by our true inner nature. The call of God is like the call of the sea. No one hears it except the person who has the nature of the sea in him. What God calls us to cause us to cannot be definitely stated because his call is simply to be his friend to accomplish his own purposes. Our real test is in true, truly believing what God knows, what he desires. The things that happen do not happen by chance. They happen entirely by the decree of God. God is sovereignly working out it out his own purposes. If we are in fellowship and oneness with God and recognize that he has taken us into his purpose or purposes, then we will no longer strive to find out what his purposes are. As we grow into in the Christian life, it becomes simpler to us because we are less inclined to say, I wonder why God allowed this or that. And we begin to see that the compelling purpose of God lies behind everything in life and that God is divinely shaping us into oneness with that purpose. A Christian is someone who trusts in the knowledge and the wisdom of God, not in his own abilities. If we have a purpose of our own, it destroys the simplicity and calm and the calm, relaxed pace which should be characteristic of the children of God. Wow. So this is pretty uh this is pretty good. So just think of that at the end of this here, as it says here, that if we have a purpose of our own, it destroys the simplicity and the calm, relaxed pace which should be characteristic of the children of God. As you're listening to this right now, is your life complex? Would you say that your life right now is complex and full of problems and situations and circumstances? Do Would you say that you are at a place of, of uh, uh, non-contentment? Basically, you're not content with your life. You're not content with where you're at, whether it be financially, whether it be just in life general. Do you find yourself uh, thinking to yourself, I wish I had have done this or maybe have some regrets that you obviously you cannot change? Do you find yourself at a place 
where you're you're just kind of frustrated and 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 not fully fulfilled. All these things you have to begin to ask yourself: Am I am I really feeling the closeness, or not only just the closeness, but am I understanding and relying on God as I should? Because sometimes when we think about it, when we rely on, we rely on ourselves and our own self will, our own our abilities to do things all the time. Sometimes, and let's just be clear, sometimes we intervene or we put our hands onto things that we probably shouldn't have had, and it makes it more difficult. Whatever that situation is, whatever your your circumstance is, whatever you're going through, whatever the the thing that you're thinking about right now. Think about how you're feeling about it. Maybe it could be a family situation. It could be a financial situation. It could be something on your job or at home. Whatever it may be, a lot of times when we put our hands to something, we feel like we're going to do it. We want to control it. If If you're a type of person, sometimes like I am, you like to try to control things. That is a issue that is something that we are kind to we're we're we're, what we're doing is we're interfering with what god wants to have done have you thought about that god is the most powerful being in all existence that we know we know that he's the creator of all things he we know that he's the creator of the universe we know that he's the creator of us but with all that he's not going to fight with you or with me when it comes to putting things in perspective in the purpose. Either it's going to be our purposes or it's going to be God's purposes. We're not going to, God doesn't want to even battle with you or with me when it comes to fulfilling that purpose in your life. See, either we're going to allow him to take the, to take our life and show us in his own way how to go through these problems and issues and situations. I, I, you know, when you think about it, and let's just be honest, a lot of times, half the things that we have put our hands to, it's self-inflicted. Sometimes they, we have, we've done it to ourselves. I will admit that a lot of things that I've, that I've encountered in life is because I've either put my hand to it because I've I've interjected, interfered with what God should have, God could have done. There are things and there are situations that I've got myself involved with that God is probably saying, well, you've done it. And actually, if it were left up to me, I wouldn't have done that. Okay. And some of us, we may even say that, well, God, why didn't you stop me? But there are some things that because of our own free will and our own free will to make these choices, there are some times God says, I'm going to allow you to make that choice. I'm not going to prevent you. I'm not going to stop you. I'm going to allow you to, to, to make that decision, even though had you just sought me or had you been patient or had you waited, then you would have seen the direction I would have taken you. It would have been more easy if I had, if you had just allowed me to make those decisions and show you the right path of where you should go. It's so easy to blame God for things, but sometimes God says, I'm going to allow you to do those things. Listen, 
I wouldn't beat yourself up too bad about these things because guess what? A lot of times, just like myself, when I make these mistakes and when I go ahead and I put my hand to something or interfere in God's process, you know, in retrospect, I look back and I learn that, okay, you know what? I should have allowed you to help me. I should have been more patient. I should have waited. And so what does that do? What should what that lesson should be should have taught us is, okay. next time I'm going to wait on you. I know you know what's best. Amen. Let's go back to the front of this uh, devotion here when it talks about what it says here. God called Jesus Christ to what seems absolute disaster. It also says and Jesus Christ called his disciples to see him put to death leading every one of them to to the place where their hearts will be broken. Now listen to this. His life was an absolute failure from every standpoint, from, from every standpoint except for God's. But what seemed to be failure from man's standpoint was a triumph from God's standpoint because God's purpose is never the same as man's purpose. Listen to that. God's purpose is never the same as man's purpose. So what does that tell us? We can either do it God's way or we can do it our way. Listen, it looks like a failure. It looked like a failure. Remember, the disciples knew who they were following. They were following the Messiah. They had revelation of who Jesus was. As a matter of fact, as we discussed earlier with the verses that we were reading, we even seen where even the prophets have been talking about this coming Messiah. But the, but what they didn't, what, but what they never failed to talk about, what they actually detailed was even the suffering that Jesus Christ would go through. And I think that even at a time that we could see when the disciples were following Christ, they just knew that with everything they saw, with the healings, the miracles, the laying on of hands, the healing of the sick, the blind, the, 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 the lame being able to walk, all these things, there were like these wonderful things, even raising Lazarus from the dead. These all, these all, these events and these miracles seem to really point out that there will be nothing that could ever destroy Jesus Christ. This was the King of Kings. This was the man that we was going to celebrate, and he was going to take over um, the, for the Jews in in Rome. All right. Remember, the, he came at a time where the Jews were in Roman cat captivity or the Roman government was governing the Jews. OK, which was God's people. All right. And Jesus came at a time where they were not being ruled by God, but they were ru being ruled by Roman government. And not just not just that, but you did have the Pharisees and the Sadducees and the teachers of religious law which ultimately they were also binding them by the laws and the rules instead of understanding that they were free in, 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 in God, but not free in these laws and these rules. Not to say that these laws and rules were wrong. You had to give them a perspective in life, but at the same time, they weren't truly free. 
Jesus came and he seemed to be like a rebel. He was rebellious and a, and a rebel toward those that were trying to keep the law and, and trying to keep all these tenets of the law and saying that you're supposed to obey these. But Christ came and he almost seemed to, it just appeared that he wanted to abolish that out. But he became the fulfillment of the very thing that they were preaching about. And they were showing these, these Jewish people how to keep the law, but not just by virtue. But also Jesus came and said that you do, you're going to be able to do these laws because of the fact that you're going to be able to have a change of heart from within. Remember, Jesus Christ came and he talked about being born again. He talked about that. How is a man to be born again? You got to be born of the spirit. In order for, to fulfill these rigid, what seem to be rigid laws that Moses brought down and that still God still to this day still uses them and has them as a way of, of keeping us to, from committing certain things, whether it's murder, whether it's lying or stealing and killing and things like that. Listen, Jesus says you will and should be able to fulfill these things even as a child of God. Why? Because instead of you having to literally, by virtue, trying to do these things within your own power and strength, you will, uh, you will already agree that these things are wrong and you'll already fulfill these things by the changing of your heart and your mind about them. It's one thing for someone to tell you, don't do this, this is wrong, that is wrong, and understand that there's a punishment if you do these things. But also to the understanding that you agree from the heart that's within you. Listen, God is here in our lives to change our heart. The only way that is done is through the blood of Christ. The blood of Christ, what does it do? Is it is the redemption of what we've already what, what we've already committed, which is sin. Once that happens, then we accept what what the what our sin has done. What our sin has done, which was damage the relationship of God. Through Christ Jesus being on the cross, that mends that relationship and brings us back in unity with God. Before Christ, we were at enmity with God. Every attempt to do what is right, every attempt to do what pleases God fails. Why? Because we are full of sin. We are full of sin. What are our attempts to do right utterly fail. They don't meet to God's standards. And what is God's standards? God's standard is perfection, is holiness. In no way you or me or anyone that has came after us or even will come, come before us or after us can ever fulfill that. It is through Christ Jesus. It is through the sacrifice that God provides, which is his only begotten son on the cross. Once that, once we have accepted that, then yes, that's entry to heaven and also a restored relationship with God the Father. And guess what? That's not all. But then you begin, the, the change begins to happen within you, within your heart, within your heart, within your soul, understanding that now I see exactly what God sees. I see what what it what he sees and I agree not just by me being forced to agree 
but I agree because I have his spirit that lives within me. Remember, the Bible says that once Christ died on the cross and you accept Christ, guess what? Now he is now unified with you, just like he's unified with me. God's, God's spirit is now connected to your spirit. Now you are born again by what? Not by reading the Bible verse or praying every day or how many times you go to church. No, you're born again by his spirit. Your spirit now is awakened and now you understand. Now your mind is open. Now your heart is open. Now the scriptures make sense. Everything you do, whether it's going to church or praising God, all has a real has a real revelation to you. Because why? Because now you are born again. You're born of the spirit, not by intellect. You understand your eyes are open. Your spiritual eyes are open. And your mind is understanding that, yes, I do agree. And yes, I do see the things that you see, God. And now I'm closer with you and I want to walk to walk closer with you. So if that is you, has been you today and that's how you feel today, if not, I invite you to accept the Lord Jesus Christ in your heart. Accept just not just what you hear me say, but read for yourself Ask God to 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 provide that. Otherwise, ask God to help you and bring you closer in a in a closer relationship with Him. Accept Jesus Christ and what He's done on the cross, so that that relationship can begin to nourish and nourish that each and every day. I hope that you so far you've enjoyed this. This is day one. We got more to come. So keep on listening. Keep on listening. I pray that you got something out of this. Please uh, share and subscribe to this podcast. And uh, we're going to be continuing for another for day two. Again, of this awesome devotional. My utmost for his highest, the Holy Week edition. I'll be talking to you soon. Until then, God bless. Stay safe.